I interact with. I know some of the heartache. They know some of mine. We're your children together. We're trying our best to honor your name in a society that despises you. And I would ask tonight, Lord, that you teach us what we need to know so we don't get so discouraged that we lose our vibrancy for your work. We'll give you glory, honor, and praise. In Jesus' name, amen. You can have a seat. Discouragement. I heard about a fella who overslept one morning. He got up and throwed his clothes on and ran to work only to be chastised by his boss verbally. And the more he talked, the madder he got, and so he fired him. The man was putting all of his stuff in a box, getting all of his stuff in a small pile. He goes to take his stuff outside and... There where his car was, the parking space is empty. Somebody has stolen his car. He calls the police, and they say there's not a whole lot they can do except try to help him recover it, and that'll take some time. Well, he goes in and asks a secretary to call a cab. Well, they call the cab, and he gets in it and drives to his house, uh, gets out, goes in and forgets his wallet and his credit cards and everything was on the back seat of the cab and the cab drives off. He has now no money and no credit cards. He goes in the house, tells his wife what happened, and she throws him out. I'm talking about discouragement. She throws him out. He's walking down the sidewalk and just decides it's not worth it anymore. He goes into a pub. That's Greek for a beer joint. He went into a, a pub. He sat down and for an hour and a half. He just sat down and stirred a drink and stared into it. A big old burly truck driver walks in and sees him over there, just a little small frame man. He slips up beside him, grabbed his drink, chug-a-lugged it down. And the man just went down on the table in his hands and began to weep and began to cry profusely. He said, Well, sir, I didn't know it meant that much to you. I'll buy you another drink. He said, Oh, no, no, it's, it's not that. He said, I woke up this morning late, went to work and got fired. He said, I went out and my car was stolen. I got in the cab and lost my wallet. Went home, my wife throwed me out, and he said, I... Come down here and poison my drink, and I'll be if you didn't drink it. He said, I'm just a discouraged man. He couldn't even die when he wanted to. Oh, help us. That's about like it would be with most of us. John the Baptist, Matthew chapter 11 and verses 1 through 12, is going through a dirge of discouragement. The man is having all kinds of problems, and it all has to do with discouragement. I want you to see three things about his discouragement. I want you to see his place of discouragement. 
Notice in verse number 2, when John had heard in the prison, say that with me, in the prison. What was John locked up for? No greater crime than being God's man. He had got thrown into prison because an adulterous harlot had decided uh, that she would do as she pleased and didn't want the preacher preaching against it. He got thrown in jail for giving the truth of God's law to the heathen world, and they didn't want to hear it. And so when Herod made a vow because he looked on a young girl's body as she danced and promised her what he couldn't back up on, when that girl went to her mother and said, what is it that I can give you in this situation? She said, I want that preacher's head. Now Herod said, up to half my kingdom. My goodness, half the kingdom and you want a Baptist preacher's head? My soul, how much was half of what Herod had? And she she said, I'll just let Herod keep it. I want that preacher's head on a charger. Well, he's in jail for no greater crime than preaching. Notice the place of discouragement. Number one, it is a place of confinement. Ladies and gentlemen, when you get in a tight place, it's easy to get discouraged. When your finances get squeaky close to bankruptcy, it gets real easy to get discouraged. I, I think that if John the Baptist went through discouragement, we hadn't got a chance of missing out on it. Am I right? This man was a man of God. He's thrown into jail, and he's confined. How many of you have ever been between a rock and a hard place, didn't see it ending any time soon, and did not know what you were going to do about it? Confinement. That's the place of discouragement. When, when I never go off and preach that people don't come up and confide in me because I'm a stranger and I won't be there long enough to gossip. That's why they do it. They know I'm not going to be around long and they can tell me anything and I'll be gone in a day or two and they won't have to worry about everybody in the church knowing about it. But I, I was in Florida, stood in the parking lot for 30 minutes and heard a man's story that drove all the way from Lake City, Florida, had gotten a tape somewhere, came all the way to West Jacksonville Baptist Church last Wednesday night, stood out there and told me of the problems of his separation and his pending divorce and never going to be able to see his son again, according to his wife's lawyer. He's in the middle of this transaction, and he is so confined because his hands were tied. You may be here tonight going through a tight place. You may be here tonight, and the devil's got you in a close situation, and he's got you cordoned off, and he's got you sort of solitary, and he's got you where it looks like it's getting smaller and smaller, and it could be classified as a jail. Number two, not only uh, was it a place of confinement, 
But it was a place of confusion. I want to show you something I never have seen. Now, when John heard, had heard, in the prison, the works of Christ. You would have thought, hearing about Jesus baptized people, you would have thought, hearing about Jesus healing people, you would have thought, hearing about Jesus opening the eyes of the blind and the deafness from the ear and the dead raised, those are the works of my Savior. John heard about the works of Christ and got confused. Now, I asked God what confused him. Here's what the Lord showed me. John was a man that come out of the wilderness wearing camel's hair and eating locusts and honey and crying out judgment and fire and brimstone and preaching and called them snakes and vipers. But Jesus didn't. Jesus came loving, healing, Blessing and forgiving. That confused that evangelist. He said, are ye the one we look for, or do we look for another? He did not expect Jesus to have that kind of ministry. He expected Jesus to continue his. And it got confusing. Now stay with me. There are some people in this city... There are some ex-Bible college students in this area, and maybe even some who are here now, who might have heard me on the road preaching and uh, heralding and acknowledging a message that would have been maybe stronger than you'll hear here. And so they say, that's where I want to go to college where I can just raise the devil when I preach. And they come down here, and they see that it's not that way all the time. (laughs) After 29 years, I promise you this, I don't have anything new to tell you, and I don't have anything that will make you do anything. But I can tell you there is some compassion in the honey pot for you. I can tell you that God is still in the healing business. I can tell you that the mercy of the Lord is still full. I can tell you that the grace of God is still available. I can tell you, praise God, that He walks in and out of these pews. He walks in and out on this altar. And He blesses and He saves and He helps. But that is not what they came to see. Jesus said, what would y'all come to see? A, wee, a, a reed shaking in the wind? What would y'all come to see? Uh, uh, just somebody who vacillated back and forth. What would you come to see? You see, the works of Jesus confused the methodology and the experience of John because John thought everybody was the Messiah that he said would come and do what he was doing. 
would do what he said and what he had told. But everything he's told about Jesus isn't happening. A whole lot wasn't recorded that John told them he would do. The Bible says he was a forerunner. The Bible said that he was the one came out of the wilderness crying, Prepare ye the way of the Lord. The Bible said he was God's bulldozer. But Jesus wasn't a bulldozer. And John's in jail now. And he's wondering. I, I told those people that you was going to tell them straight. And I hear you've been healing people. John didn't want nobody healed. He wanted them slapped. You don't look at a man's face when he's a member of the Sanhedrin and call him a viper and expect to get the key to the city. Now let me ask you a question. I said all that to say this. Do you ever get confused sometimes because things don't sound like you think they ought to sound or they don't happen like you think they ought to happen or you just don't understand exactly why things are going like they are? Best thing for you to do when you are in a confined situation and you are discouraged, don't let confusion push you further. Let God give you some help right where you are. Now, there's the place of discouragement. There's not a person in this building tonight, if you got locked up tomorrow, would want to throw a party behind the jail bars over the fact that you was a good enough Christian that you could get locked up over it. You'd be down there saying, Help! Get me out! Am I right about it? Now, if y'all wouldn't be doing that, let them lock me up. They better put plexiglass over them back bars that's outside because I'm going to be letting everybody in North Augusta know I'm in there. And I would be a little confused that God allowed me to be locked up for no greater crime than telling the truth. But sometimes you're put in a place of discouragement that God Almighty sanctions and authorizes and watches over for a purpose. Why was John in there? Because his ministry had to stop before Jesus had started. Do you think for one minute that that harsh evangelist who had a crowd of hellraisers, this boy had a following of fundamentalists. I'm talking about hard rock, hard real boys. Everything that happened in Jerusalem ain't inked on that paper. He had him an association for assassination. He had some old boys with him that was eating them honey biscuits and wearing that camel hair with him, and they was preaching right down the middle of the road. Hell will be your home. And then they get locked up for it. And Jesus ain't preaching that, and he's loose. God put John in jail and let his head be taken off, even with his goozle. Why? Because the disciples of John would have never followed Jesus had John stayed in charge. And John could have never saved you because John was, no man born of woman was ever any greater than John, but great won't get it. had to be perfect. And I'd like to announce tonight as a, just an asterisk, Jesus is perfect. And John moved into the glory world and Jesus took over in Jerusalem. had to be that way. Can you imagine what it would have been like with both of them preaching in Judea? Now see, God has a purpose for you being in jail. God has a purpose for you being confined. God has a purpose even in your confusion. 
He's trying to teach you, don't trust the circumstances, trust me. Don't trust the message, trust me. Don't trust the theology, trust me. Don't trust the association, trust me. Don't trust the big name evangelist. Some of y'all got so much preacher religion, you stink. Your little tape ministry. Well, doctor so-and-so sends me tapes. You're going to need a doctor before it's open. Don't put your confidence in somebody because they can mail a tape. You put your confidence in the one they preach about. Don't you get all excited who they are because God will let them fall flat on their face and look like a Pekingese dog. And you'll be the reason why. You put your confidence in the arm of the flesh and the Bible says it will fail you. Number two, not only the place of discouragement, but look at the product of discouragement. And he said unto him, Art thou he that should come? Or do we look for another? Look at what discouragement produces. Number one, it produces doubt. When you are in your place of discouragement, you need to be real quiet because you're going to get encouraged and they're going to remember what you said when you was discouraged. I've never told you anything any more important than what I just said. Some of you go around here moping and groping and moaning and groaning and squalling and complaining and God only knows all the moping that we can do. And then you don't ever think you're going to get out of it and you're going to come back on top. And everybody's going to say, oh my God, get away. Here she comes. You say, don't not treat me like that. You ought not act like that. You need to learn how to act in private and in public. You need to go in private and mope. You need to come out in public and be what you say you are in Jesus' name. There's a lot of times my head's about to split wide open. There's a lot of times I don't feel like preaching. There's a lot of times I wish somebody else could do it. There's a lot of times I'd love to go to Myrtle Beach. I'd love to be on Daytona, getting it on a hog. <laughs> yes! If you fought me for that, there's greater things you could fault me for. But that's in private. I take care of that before I get here. How would you like to have a preacher all the time? Y'all pray for me. I don't know if I can preach this or not. First thing you're going to think, his wife's beating him again. You fellas that are preachers, wake up. Ain't nobody, ain't nobody wanting to play all that. Don't nobody give a rip. That's your sadness. They're going to talk about you like a ragged hound. You better go home and shut up. And talk to your wife about your problems. That's why you have a mate. Get in there and just get mad, wrestle, fight, hit the sheetrock, do what you're going to do. Put your suit on, step out in the yard and act like a preacher. Because, listen to me, you ain't got to get over it in private. You're going to have to get over somebody in public. And they're going to remember your little tent. There's doubt. He says, Art thou? Art thou? John baptized him. Art thou? He heard God say out of heaven, This is my beloved son, hear ye him. Art thou? You're the one that said, Behold! The Lamb, one of the greatest statements Scripture ever produced. Behold the Lamb of God. Art thou? Let me ask you a question. What could make a man who baptized Jesus, who called Him the living Lamb, Son of God, who was said, I come in the name of Jesus. He said, I'm not even worthy to untie His shoes. 
and then get in jail and say, Art thou? What brought him to doubt of that significance? There's not a Christian in here that can't take down. There's not a staff member in here that can't work on. There's not a deacon in here that can't blow out of the wall. There's not a church member in here that doubt can't come on you and strangle you. I'm talking about if a man heard God's voice say, This is John, and will turn around and say, Art thou? I think we can safely say we ain't got a snowball chance in the fire of missing out on a little doubt every once in a while. But you know something? Doubt can be a healthy thing. I never did doubt whether or not I saved or lost when I lost. I never was in a beer joint saying, I don't know if I'm a Christian or not. I'm having a little doubt here. What do you think? Pray for me when y'all pray down here because I've got a little doubt about myself. I ain't never. I never had a doubt when I was lost. It was only after I got saved that Satan came in and said, You're not a Christian. Well, why you got to tell me I'm not one? If when you knew me I wasn't one, you wouldn't tell me back then. How come you got to tell me now? I must be one or you wouldn't be telling me that. Just give God praise. He'll even use doubt to give you assurance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he said, Art thou? Bless his heart. Uh, I learned something from this. Don't you ever think that you're just too, gun, or too good or your gun's too big and you're just too loaded for God and loaded for that that doubt can't slap the fire out of you? Not only doubt, but look, notice a second, it'll, it'll, it'll produce a detour. He said, Art thou the one we should look for, or do we look for another? <laughs> when you get real full of doubt, you'll start saying, Do I need to look for somebody else who's the Messiah? What was causing this man to want to. I'm talking about John the Baptist now. I'm not, I'm not talking about uh, just, just some little fly by night, maybe, maybe Christian. What made him say, do we look for another? He then heard God talk about him being his own son. Well, he's so discouraged that now he's willing to make a detour. He said, art thou he that should come, or do we look for another? Do you know when you'll look for another church? When you're discouraged. I never have had anybody... In my ministry, ever, Peggy, ever, stand up and say, Woo! Glory to God, I'm leaving! Hallelujah! Praise God! I'm out of here! Woo! Has anybody ever in your Christian life seen that? Not one. You know why? Because it's stupid. It ain't going to happen. They don't do that. They say, I done had about all I want out here. I don't know who he thinks he is. My wife calls him, tells me everything. He preaches on it every Sunday. Your wife ain't never called nothing. Your Lord calls. (laughs) And he'll tell you. You know when somebody wants to take a detour? When they're not strong enough to stay with the calling. When you're in jail, John... That's not the time to be looking for another church. That's not the time to try to figure out whether or not He's the real Savior. 
This is not the time to wonder if his message is legitimate. Are people getting raised from the dead? Are people having their ears unstopped? Are people who are blind seeing John? John! Well, no, see, John didn't expect that to be the message. And he's in jail. And he said, are you the one that we look for? Or are, 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 are we to look for somebody else? When you start detouring from where you're going, you better check out and see if God changed his mind. Here's how people come. When they come, usually, am I not right? They'll come saying, oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. I'm glad, preacher, can I get in this church? Oh, hallelujah. I need to be baptized seven different ways. Oh, God, I want to be a member. Yes, yes. Amen. 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 That's how they come. And here's how they leave. Oh, see, where in the world? I just ain't getting fed. Well, you just ain't brought no fork to the table lately. I just ain't getting what I need. That's because you ain't waking up long enough to suck up the group. <laughs> Are you the real preacher or do we look for enough? You know when you're going to say that? You're discouraged. You say, preacher, what do I need to do when I get discouraged? Now, you young people don't say this bad word. Bad word. Don't ever say this. Don't ever say this in the history of your life. Don't ever say this. Shut up. Just shut up. Now, I'm not talking to you, but if you need it, I'm listen. I'm not talking to anybody. Just when you get discouraged, just be quiet. Sit down. Don't ever say that word. You hear me? And don't ever make a comment when you're discouraged because it'll be so stupid you'll be embarrassed when you get encouraged. Some of the stupidest things I've ever done when I was down. But then I get back up and say, Gosh, man, why did I do such a stupid thing? Twenty-five people say, We don't know. <laughs> but we thought it was real stupid, too. Am I right? Hardest thing to do is to get encouraged and live with your acts of discourse. Let's try to cut them in half. Y'all do a good job. I, I, I don't see a whole lot of that, and that's good. Let's don't. Let's don't let ourselves produce the product of discouragement. Let's just wait and pray and seek God and, and wait and see what happens. And, and hey, the, when it clouds up, it'll move out. Look at the third one. Well, let me, let me uh, well, move on. Here's the third one. The place of discouragement. The product of discouragement. And the prescription of discouragement. Notice what two things you can do. Uh, whenever you get discouraged and you're in a confined place and you're... You're tired of it all, and you're just about to say something dumb. Look at what happened. Rehearse what happened in your life before you got jailed. Look at what Jesus said. Jesus answered when the, when the disciples came and said, Steve, uh, uh, well, John's got a problem down there. And uh, he, he whispered out the back door of the jail and said, Go tell Jesus that uh, we won't know, is he the real Messiah or do we look for another? And they said, well, well, great things are happening. I don't care. Not in here they aren't. Go find out. Well, these disciples, they go find Jesus, and Jesus answered them. He's good at that. He answered them and said unto them, Go and show John again those things which you do hear and see. He said, and The blind receive their sight. The lame walk. The, the lepers are cleansed. The deaf hear. The dead are raised up, and the poor have the gospel preached to them. Go tell John what's going on. And tell John to remember 
before he was locked up, he seen some of that. John the Baptist had the anointing of God on him in such a way he knew something about the power of God and he didn't have to let discouragement eat it up. He said, go tell him. I want him to think back of how God was blessing him. And then notice number two. Not only rehearse your past, but remember your present. Notice what Jesus said. Very, very I say unto you, among them that are born of woman, there have not risen a greater than John the Baptist. Now listen to this. The Lord gave me a, a precious time with this. These disciples are sitting there and they're saying, John's in jail. It don't look good. Jesus says, you don't know the half of it. I know the end of the situation and I'm not going to give you all the details because you'll go back and tell him and it'll kill him before she does. He said, I want you to go tell John that he's the greatest. I never saw this. This is Jesus at his best. Go tell John. I said, knowing they would tell him, tell John, I said, ain't nobody like him. Tell him to tell John about his presence. He said, there ain't nobody compares to you. They said, now let me get this straight. What I tell him? That any man that was ever born of woman, there ain't nobody that touches him. They said, y'all got that? We got it. Thank you, sir. Tell him the blind see, the deaf hear, the dead are being raised, and the poor have the gospel preached to them, and great things are happening, and he's the greatest. Tell him that. Them old boys go back to the back of the jail and beat on the wall, and John goes, I mean, with cobwebs in his eyes and wrinkles on his face. He looks out the back and says, What are y'all doing? He says, He gave us a message to tell you. He said, Tell you the blind to see him. He said, is that right? Now, in the other two synoptic Gospels where this is mentioned, G. Campbell Morgan said this about it. He said, Jesus healed a blind man and said, go tell him what i just done to him. Then he healed a deaf man and said, go tell him what i just you seen it. Go tell him. Ah, uh, here, here's a, here was a dead man and he raised him. He said, you've seen him. Get up. Go, go tell him. You're an eyewitness. In the other two synoptic Gospels, he said, as he done it, he told them. That adds emphasis. They go back, and they say the dead are being raised, the deaf hear, the dumb speaks, and, 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 and the, 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 the mute are, are, are opening their mouth and glorifying God, the blind eyes. You wouldn't believe what we've seen him do. And oh yeah, John. He said, you're the greatest. He said, there ain't nobody born a woman. I always wondered, why did he say that about him? So he would find out he said He said that about me? Can't you see? He's needing so much to get plugged up for the beheading. He said, what he said? You're the greatest. He said, there's a whole lot of young have been born in Jerusalem. You it. You're the man. He said, nobody touches you. Oh, John shook himself and said, really? 
He is the Messiah. They said, he just said there's nobody like you. We'll see you. He said, all right. That's wonderful. John never was the same. After that, when they came and got him to go behead him, he said, which way to the block, boys? Uh, when y'all get this done right before you do, I want to tell y'all what that preacher said about me. Y'all about to cut off the head of the man. Nobody born a woman any greater in his eyes than me. Mister, you can go to the guillotine with that. It is good if I am saying that. He showed it to me and it helped me. And then he told me to come over and tell you this. You the man. And you the woman. He said this. He, that ain't all the verse. Notice, notwithstanding, he that is least in the kingdom is greater than John. <laughs> John was something. Jesus said it. No greater. But they didn't tell this part because Jesus didn't tell them to tell him. How do you know? I just know he didn't tell them. Notwithstanding, he that is least in the kingdom of heaven. It's greater than he. A little bit. Come here a minute. Miss Hightower, come here. Come here and stand with me a minute. Real quick. Come come stand with me. Just the, just the least in the kingdom. <laughs> just the least. You're looking at one greater than... Nobody greater than that man. Tell him that I said so. And don't tell him that Miss Hightower is going to come along hundreds of years later and she's going to be just a little kingdom dweller. And you're having the privilege tonight to look at one greater than John the Baptist. Thank God. Thank God. You see, the prescription of discouragement is knowing who you are. I'm here. He's mine. And I'm the man. And you're the woman. <laughs> and we're here. And there's nothing that can take that away from us. Who'll get up out of your seat and come thank Him for that. Come on. Come on, right now. Steve, pray for us. Oh, God, help us. Lord Jesus, it's hard for us to imagine that you put us in the category that we just heard. Lord, I've read it many times. I never saw it tonight, to before, before like I saw it tonight. And I want to thank you, Jesus, for giving me that to go home with tonight. I want to thank you, Lord, that when I get up in the morning, we can talk about this again. And, Lord, I want to praise you, Father, that 
We've got the opportunity to live in such a day as this one. Lord, to be a part of that kingdom, Lord, is an awesome, awesome thing. And Lord, we love You with all of our heart, and, and we don't know why You would classify us as special as You classify us. But Lord, it means absolutely everything. And God, I pray, Lord, for that one that's in this room tonight that is so very discouraged. So I mean, Lord, they're, they're, they're wanting to throw in the towel. They're so discouraged. Help them see their place in the kingdom. Help them to see, Father, how special they are to you. And we ask it in Jesus' name.